Welcome back to the Right Boundless Podcast. I want to say thank you to all the supporters and all the listeners. If this is your first time, welcome. Make sure to click the subscribe button. You can find it right on the main menu of the Ride Boundless Podcast. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Ride Boundless. On this episode, we have Dustin Willen. He is a contributor of rideapart.com. His Instagram is freewillen. He's been writing for three years now, and what he's accomplished in just three years is absolutely inspiring and wonderful. So for all the new writers, if you want to listen to some good inspiration, make sure to listen to the whole episode. Here we go. So let, let's let's talk about before we even started recording. We were talking about your weekend, uh, about the new bike. Which bike was it? What's the size? What was the motor? Can you tell us about it and tell us about the weekend where you guys went riding? Yeah, for sure. Um, so right now I'm I'm loaning a uh, Suzuki V-Strom 1050 XT. Um, so I just have to put it through its paces, kind of test it out, um, write some pieces on it as a long term uh, loaner and whatnot. Um, so this weekend, um, taking advantage of the bike as much as I possibly can, um, went, took my lady up to, um, Angeles Crest Highway. Um, for those that don't know, it's a, um, you know, great Canyon carving uh, area for motorcyclists in the Southern California, uh, region. Um, and we just took it really easy. I probably didn't get over like 60 was mostly actually, uh, loping around in like 45 ish, um, in, you know, third gear, just hanging out. Um, so yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was sunny. Um, and then, you know, with her and I, we have typically, uh, ridden on, uh, Harleys, um, up to this point, um, in any of our long touring, um, you know, jaunts and whatnot. Uh, we've gone up to Yosemite. We've done, um, Big Sur, um, you know, a bunch of different California, um, touristy areas and whatnot, uh, mostly camping off of the bike and everything. Um, up to this point, she's kind of, uh, started to taper off in terms of her involvement, uh, on the motorcycle, just because, um, you know, I've, I've kind of amped it up for performance and that doesn't really help out on, uh, you know, smooth riding for her, um, purposes. So, uh, getting back on to a, an adventure bike, uh, that's much more smooth, uh, way better weight distribution, um, you know, just, uh, super compliant uh suspension she was she was loving it and, so, and purely, uh, the seat, purely the seat also is really really good for for a passenger right yeah completely she she was saying um you know that that when we went over bumps she was comparing it more to a car than being on a motorcycle just because you know the the small travel that you get on a harley um sends a lot of that shock up through your back if not also the passenger's back which it was usually doing for her um, on that adventure bike, she was saying it, instead of going into my back, it goes into the bike. Um, so she was really good at like diagnosing, you know, a lot of those, um, things that were different between the Harley and, uh, you know, an adventure bike for the passenger's uh, perspective. So, yeah. does, does she have a, a preference on the Harleys of, of exhaust, you know, because uh, my experience is some exhaust are shorter, some are longer. The ones that are shorter usually blast the passenger's ears a lot more. Has she ever told you I like this exhaust more than the other one, or I hate this one because of the exhaust? 
Yeah, completely. Um, so when we, when we first picked up the bike, you know, stock, you know, you guys know how stock Harleys come. They're just completely uh, clogged up. Um, she, she actually used to call that thing the cream dream just because it was way smoother than my Sportster. Um, you know, I had short shots on my Sportster too, so they were loud as shit. Oh, shit. Um, and yeah, exactly. Do you not like um, her? and so she, no, <laughs> dude, oh man, she, she's gone to the ringer with my motorcycles. Uh, we used to call the little pad on my Sportster that she would ride on. I, I had like a, a bobber seat, you know, just a single seat. And then I had this little strip. That was pad. just leather and a little bit, yeah, a little bit of pad. And we used to call that thing the maxi pad because it was so thin. So she's a trooper, um, she's a trooper so man. She's a trooper. She's a fucking trooper. Yeah, we've, we've gone all the way to uh, Anza Borrego or Borrego Springs on that thing. Um, and she, so yeah, she, she's put in her miles for sure. And I think now that she's started to taste the better life, um, she's kind of gotten over um, you know, those first Harley days and, and the fun of being on you know, a, a death trap. So, so you, um, picked, but so yeah, you picked going up, back to your question, you picked, sorry, you picked up the Suzuki uh, last Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yep. So since last, um, since so last Wednesday, been, how many times has he asked you to change your bike? Has she asked me? Yeah. To change your bike to a more comfortable one that she can sit on and feel the bumps. Like oh, the car. oh. <laughs> yeah. What's her, what's her opinion? Yeah, does, she, sure. does she like it or, or she's totally against it or she likes the way it looks, but doesn't oh, like no, it or... What's her opinion? She loves she loves the way it rides. So she has a much more like classic aesthetic, um, which is why, you know, like we gravitated more toward the cruisers. I'm sure, you know, you guys can relate to, um, you know, we all came up kind of on cruisers and whatnot and they just have that like classic look. Um, but you know, I was telling her recently and a few other buddies, like, I think, you know, you get to a point in your motorcycling like journey where you stop caring as much about well, what a bike makes you look like and you care much more about how a bike makes you feel. Yeah. Um, and when you're on those, those other machines, you know, when you're on an adventure bike, when I'm on a dirt bike, when I'm on my supermoto, that shit is just fun. You know, it's just way more fun than I can actually have on a Harley. And don't get me wrong. Harleys are, are fun in their own brand. They have, yeah, they have that torque. You cannot replicate that torque that, that they give in that, you know, under or that, uh, low down pool. Um, but you know, I think you guys spoke about it in previous podcasts, just diversifying your experiences on a bike, you know, just, just helps in, in every way. It makes you a better rider. Um, just, you know, gives you more experiences. So, um, I'm, I'm trying as much as I can to, you know, branch out into everything. So. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, and there's a saying that they say for Harleys, Harleys, uh, well, actually it's, they say, um, torque is for the go horsepowers for show. You know, right. And Harley has nailed yep. that, that torque. And, and that's why, you know, a lot of people have, you know, you'll see a 300 pound dude with, with his girl in the back, saddlebags all full, riding a Sturgis doing 500 miles a day, you know, for three days and, yep. and, and the bikes pull and they handle that. But every bike, I mean, you shouldn't, nobody should limit anybody to any one bike. You should have different choices. Yep. You should ride dirt bikes. You should ride adventure bikes. And it's funny because everybody does go for Harleys because of the lifestyle and the way it looks and how cool you feel and everything about it. Do you do? A, yeah, no, I mean, I think, oh, go ahead. sorry, that, that's what I think got me into it as well. And I'm sure you guys, you know, relate on, on a bunch of these points too. It's, you know, it's that, that lifestyle and it's more of like a culture than anything. They sell you on like an idea um, for sure. And, you know, like I, I still love that brand and I still love my, my Harley, um, you know, and, and just 
riding on it. it. It's just a different, it's that tractor pool, you know, like it's, it's such a different pool. I love that you said, you know, that 300 pound guy and his lady, cause it can do that. It doesn't, it doesn't mind, you know? And not at all. Not, I, I remember, you know, um, like on the adventure bikes, you know, you have to, you know, it's recommended that you stand on your foot peg and then climb over and, and hop onto your bike. On right. Harley, I never knew the capabilities of standing on the floorboards, like on a touring bike, you know, to stand on it and get over until I saw this guy that weighed about over 400 pounds. And he stood on his, you know, floorboard and climbed right over. And it, it's just amazing the beatings that Harleys can't take. Yeah. It, yep, for sure. So right now, how would you describe to people or to the listeners about what you do and what you're known for? And who you are. And who you are. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm probably known by anyone, um, you know, that follows me on Instagram as Free Whelan. Um, it's more or less, I just started taking pictures of classic bikes. Um, you know, being in the Harley culture, you go to a bunch of shows and you see a bunch of, uh, knuckleheads, shovelheads and panheads. Um, so I just started taking a pic, you know, pictures of that, um, posting those. And that's kind of where I sort of gained traction. Um, you know, when did this happen? With the look. Um, did, so this, start? I probably started, I started my Instagram probably 2017, um, like October ish. Um, so, you know, I've just been throwing up uh, pictures whenever I get a, get a chance to take them. Obviously, during this uh, coronavirus pandemic, uh, all, all events have pretty much been canceled or postponed. So um, not much going on on that front. But um, but yeah, that's mostly where I've gained traction or, or a following. Um, and then also, you know, meeting Philosepa's guys um, and riding with them. Um, and so, yeah, it's mostly just been, you know, most people that would know me will know me through Instagram. Um, and then through that, through that avenue, and also I have a blog, um, I was able to start writing for, uh, Write Apart, which is a, um, online magazine, uh, publication for motorcycles. Um, and that's, you know, where I'm, I'm able to test out, uh, you know, riding gear or, uh, new motorcycles and then, um, you know, write about my experiences based on that. Do you, yeah. do you do you market your uh, your social media or how do you get followers or is it just by the events and the posts you do? Yeah, it's it's literally all organic. I don't I don't use any um, you know I don't do any ads behind them or anything. Um, you know, it's it's mostly bikes. I I actually tend not to to use myself in the pictures as much as possible. Um, here and there, if I'm running low on stuff, I will. Um, just at least from my perspective, you know, a lot of the reason why I'm on Instagram is for inspiration for my builds or to see what's going on in the motorcycle community. And truth be told, I care more about bikes. Um, and so when I'm serving anyone that's following me, I, I try to keep that in context of like, they want to see a motorcycle. Um, kind of similar to what Mark Gama was saying for, uh, you know, Los Angeles Moto. Um, he didn't want to be a face for it. He wants it to be more about community. Um, and that's, that's similar to what I'm, I'm looking to do for that page, at least. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see any particular sponsorships growing out of that. There aren't too many, um, companies trying to sell stuff for older bikes, um, you know, for, for panheads or anything. So, um, it's really just because I enjoy taking the photos and just like throwing them out there and, and recognizing a lot of the builders within this community. So, 
So um, lately you have you have turned a little bit um, the writing about motorcycles more into like a second job, right? Uh, so how did that start and yeah. where, where do you see that going? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, I think everyone in LA has somewhat of a side hustle, you know. Um, we're all trying to, um, you know, grind and hustle our, our own sides and everything. Um, but yeah, that's that's essentially what it is right now. My, uh, my daytime job, I'm in uh, film production. Uh, full time, and then I write one article a day for Write Apart. Um, that usually only takes up about two to three hours of my day, um, unless it is more of a review in the sense where you know I have a full week or you know a weekend um, reviewing a article of of riding gear, or you know I'm lent a bike and I get to review it for a long time. Um, there'll probably be times where I go to press events um, once those actually happen again. Um, I was scheduled to do one before the coronavirus shutdowns uh, hit, um, and that obviously had to get canceled. But um, you know, those will be getting back online eventually, um, and so I'll be attending those and being able to, to do ride events in that way. But um, you know, over time, I, I see myself moving more into this in terms of writing full time. It's more that it's just going to be a career transition for me. Um, so yeah, just very much trying to turn that passion into a career what and and and, and that's probably going to be the best results you know changing into career and getting paid for something you like doing what do you predict is exactly. going to happen with the um with the coronavirus and all these events being canceled do you think everything's going to get rescheduled do you think if it continues getting pushed back they're just going to do it for next year uh do you think they're just right. going to have one month that there's an event every single week i mean what, what's kind of your prediction and and what do you think is going to happen or what have you heard yeah, from I think certain it, events? Right. Um, I, I think if it's something that was like deeply in, you know, like March or the April uh, section, maybe even May, we'll probably just see them rescheduled for next year. I think something like we just saw with Born Free where they got, they got pushed to September, I think it was, right? Um, right. From the usual slot that's June. Um, I think they're just trying to proactively get ahead of any additional uh, crackdowns that happen over you know, this course, because it is so up in the air right now. Um, I know we have here in California, we have a date of, I think, May 15th. Um, but, you know, they've even said that that could possibly push back. Um, so I, I think if it is, um, you know, continuous and it, and it does continue, especially if it comes back in fall, um, you know, we may see uh, an entire like season like, uh, you know, AFT or American Flat Track. Uh, cancel or even like MotoGP. I think they've done three of their events as virtual races thus far, um, which insane. is kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, like they, they're promoting their video game now because they can't actually get on the track. Um, so, yeah, it's it's different how each each uh, you know different sector of the motorcycling world is, is adapting to this. But um, I think it could you know go for like you know depending on how long it goes it, it could reschedule whole seasons kind of similar to what happened to the NBA this year um, but yeah I think more or less because it is so unpredictable I think you know maybe one or two maybe surges will stay just because it's out in August um, and then hopefully you know born free will stay uh, since it is September and it is kind of rounding out the summer um, but I think you know once fall comes around everyone will start to have to reevaluate if they can still you know, do their thing or not, you know, when it comes to something like Chopper Fest, which is in December in Ventura, um, that, you know, that's like in the middle of flu season, who knows if, if that'll even stay or not. 
Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. Um, and then that's, that's more on the local level, but when it comes to something, you know, like the international level, like ICMA, I think, um, I think BMW and KTM even pulled out of, um, of that show this year. Um, don't quote me. I think I, I need to check my source again or, or sightings, but, um, even, even certain, you know, larger manufacturers are pulling out of, of, you know, big industry shows. So, um, yeah, it's kind of pretty unpredictable where, where the whole industry is going after this, but we'll see. Yeah, it's crazy times. I mean, it's 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 weird. The year two thousand is is pretty much just shut down for the coronavirus. I had a source right. that just yeah. called me up, and they said, um, you know, they they run some casinos in Vegas, and they had the May fifteenth date, and I just got a text today saying now it's May thirty first. So wow, yeah, um, yeah. Schools, schools, and, and that's schools just like at the kids. drop of a dime. Schools for kids that yeah. are you know in daycares and stuff like that. They said um, the state is is closing it down until until July 1st. So Yeah, the end of the school year. They're, right. They're, they're, well, they're I know, but daycares are still, you know, it's year-round. So they're still opening for now in July, uh, July 1st. Yeah, that, that that's insane. I, I sent the message to the to the people, not the casinos, and I texted them, uh, how's it feel to lose money, casinos? Because they're always taking people's money. So good one, losing, good one. Losing, Wait a minute. <laughs> How's I almost, it feel, Vegas? How's almost, it feel? I almost clicked the clapping button. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, it's it's definitely it's it's the unknown, and I, and nobody at this point knows what's happening. I got some people saying in two months I'm gonna fly back to you know this place because they were working remotely. We don't know if they're gonna be able to fly. We don't know what what's gonna happen with these events. Um, and once yeah. the events get started, we don't know how people are going to act. I mean, do you, th- do you think, right. that, you know, in six months from now, we're going to be... Not even in six months, in September, in Born Free, are you going to touch anybody's hand? Are you going to touch anybody? I mean, what, <laughs> yeah. how's, that, how's that whole experience going to be? It's going to be very strange. Yeah. I, I, and see, that's like questions that all of us are asking too, right? It's like, is social distancing going to be a thing at that point still? Is Are people going to be required to wear masks? Um, or gloves or whatnot. Um, last year you know, was it's, enough. It's, last year was really hot and burn free. I can't imagine wearing a mask and gloves in a public yeah. space oh, like down there in the middle of nowhere. And, and I think Bill Gates already yeah. said, regardless if this lasts a month or six months, once it you know once it stops and everything opens up again, it, it's going to be two years minimum. They're saying of right. masks and social distancing. Right. You know, so that yeah, that's I think change. until we have like a vaccine or something, you know. Um, people won't be comfortable because that's the whole thing too. It's like whether it's instituted or not, um, you know, or mandated, there's also people's comfortability, comfortability level, you know, um, which needs to be taken into account too. So it, it's going to be a, a weird world for sure. I guess I, I want to like ask, pose the question to you guys and I don't want to like put you on the spot. But we're just kind of shooting the shit. Yeah. Absolutely. But I guess what, what do you guys see for the motorcycle industry um, past this, you know, I think we saw how like someone or a company like Harley got destroyed after the, uh, great recession. Um, you know, like this is a global pandemic. This is a global, like, you know, economic downslide. Um, you know, where do you guys see the motorcycle industry going from here? Well, the way that I see it is, is we're, we're definitely a global economy. And if like, nope. like, like in 2008, when the, you know, the country, you know, it went bad with these bank loans and these foreclosures and everything else, it wasn't just the U.S. struggling. It was the whole world struggling. So 
I yep. think the, again, nobody knows exactly how, what's going to happen afterwards, but as of right now, the motorcycle community, the car community, the restaurant community, bars, all these communities are going to suffer exactly the same. What do I think is going to happen once it opens up? I think it might be a little easier for bikes because realistically bikes and bikers, we already kind of practice social distancing without realizing it. You know, we wear yeah. our helmets and yeah. stores, we wear our gloves, um, you know, we pound fist. Um, maybe we won't hug each other as much. You know, we, that's already happening now when we go for our weekend rides, we do the little elbow right. hit or the, the fist pump. Um, but how is it going to affect like Daytona or how is it going to affect, you know, festivals? I mean, I, I guess yeah. they're just going to have to put up, you know, half the capacity and, and make more space. And I guess we're going to, you know, if we go to a show or a movie theater, you're going to have to like skip three seats. Um, I, I hate bringing up the casino thing, but I just know so many things about the casino thing. They're actually going to space out slot machines. They're going to space out and make bigger tables. So I, I think, I think it's going to be temporary. I think we'll adapt quick. Um, but I, I think, I mean, life's just going to continue no matter what happens. We're, we're here. Yeah, we'll have to adapt yep. to whatever it is. We're going to adapt to whatever it is. Yeah. Right? Also, also, I know that um, motorcycle uh, dealerships are actually open right and now. just setting up appointments. Yep. Um, and, and also, if you really want a motorcycle, nothing is really going to stop you from, you know, get, being the one uh, getting it first. And actually, right now, the concept, yeah. the, the, the concept that we have is that this is making better deals on motorcycles, even though you get there. And you know you, they have to make up for everything that you can sell in your in your sale. Yep. But um. But I, but an, another another thing you know just to compare 2008 to what's going on now. Interesting enough, when 2008 crashed, I was at Van Nuys Harley Davidson at the time. We were still open, and interesting enough, I was getting different buyers than my regular. I want to buy a Harley, and I want to do this. I was actually getting a husband and his wife with two kids. And I don't know what story the husband gave the wife, but they were convinced that if they buy a motorcycle, insurance would be cheaper, gas would be cheaper, service would be cheaper. They could It'd escape be from car. apocalypse. They can escape from apocalypse. <laughs> and, and it was interesting. It was, the, it, it was the most time that year or year and a half that I sold to a whole family, you know, buying a bike than the guy just coming to the dealership or, you know, a guy coming with his girlfriend. So it, it was interesting. And yep. now I, I don't see anybody buying a motorcycle because they're stuck at home. So a person that's going to buy a motorcycle for the first right. time, they're probably going to delay that. Um, but people that have yep. been riding and want to get that second bike or the people that want to do trade-ins or the people that want to get a super deal, I don't see anything stopping them. I agree with Jaime on that, po on that point. Yeah. I think that's a great point too, because, um, you know, people that are established in riding, they're going to see that the deals are going to be happening right now too. You know, people are trying to move units because new riders aren't coming in. Um, so I'm sure that there'll be some sort of deals happening, um, over this course. And also uh, that the, the amount of know. people that usually buys motorcycles that are not 100% ready, but they're, they usually finance, they're right now in a worse economical or financial moment than to just risk sure. what they have to put a down payment or something like that. So, yeah, yep. it's, 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 um, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation. And, and I mean, it, yep. it, it's very unfortunate for, for the manufacturers, for the dealerships. You know, most dealerships are franchise-owned. Um, but I mean, again, we're all dealing with this one way or another. Just, I guess the point yep. is we hope it ends quick. 
So one, one no, question. No, for sure. And I, I love. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry go for it. Sorry, I cut you off. Um, no, you're good. I, I was just thinking on on how was your experience uh, picking up that Suzuki that that, that you're loaning right now? Yeah. How did that come about? Right. What was the process? Um. So they reached out um to my editor. Uh, they have a well-established, um, you know, relationship with my editor over the years that he's been working at Right Apart. Um, and they actually don't have any other, uh, you know, Southern California correspondents. Um, we're all spread out throughout America, um, and then also Canada. So it's a, it's a very remote job. We kind of just, you know, write on our own and send it into our editor and he takes care of whatever, um, you know, changes need to be taken care of. Um, but, he, you know, he reached out to me saying, Hey, Suzuki wants us to write some pieces on this. Um, you know, here's the contact and you talk to her and you work out a day that you had that, you know, you can go and pick up the bike. Um, and so, you know, I just talked to the Suzuki rep. Um, you know, we figured out a date and time that works for both of us. Um, with, with the coronavirus again, um, uh, you know, it totally, uh, changes that, uh, process. Because, you know, I had to, I had to make sure I showed up in gloves and, and a mask, you know, like they, they make sure that they mandated that. Um, and then, you know, I had to go around the, the side of the building and, and pick it up from the garage. Um, and, you know, they had to keep their social distance, um, and, you know, kind of tell me certain things about the bikes from afar. Um, you know, like, oh, hey, here's the cruise control button. Here's the, uh, ride mode button. Um, you know, here's what you need to, you know, here's the key. You just turn it on here. It's a quick start type thing. Um, so it was, it was pretty brief. Um, but again, it, it was impacted by kind of the current state that we're in. Um, but other than that, once I, I was literally, I talked to them probably for two to three minutes and then they gave me the keys and I took off. That is very um, brief. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's kind of crazy. They even sent me like the press, um, you know, uh, documents and presentations that they usually will deliver to you when you're at kind of these like press events, they just sent it to my email. So, um, you know, usually they have, there's a lot of like pomp and circumstance behind this. You like go in and, and, you know, have lunch or breakfast, depending on the time of day, whenever they hold these, um, you know, press launches. And then, you know, they, they give you the whole corporate speech spiel and then you go out and ride them and then you go and write your, um, you know, article. But for this one, they they pretty much just shot it over to me. Um, you know, I, I kind of read it and glanced over it, and gleaned it for some, you know, kind of those uh, hot topic words that you do when you're like uh, applying somewhere and you see what's in the um, job listing and shit like that. Um, and then from there, I just went and rode the bike as much as I could, uh, you know, wrote like my initial uh, reactions to it. And now I'll just be doing like different pieces throughout this entire uh, three months that I have it. So probably just splitting it up into, you know, like, uh, twisties riding, two up riding, three months, huh? uh, long distance. Yeah. Three months. So I'm just trying to prove So real quick for the, obviously we don't have this on video, but when you said three months, yes. Jaime and I looked at each other and we smiled like, wow, that <laughs> must be nice. That must be nice, man. <laughs> yeah. Cause also, yeah, I mean, also if you don't have one, if you don't have an adventure bike, you know, the, op the doors right. that opens you is, is amazing. Yep. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, to, uh, you know, milk it as much as I can. Um, even my girlfriend was saying we should take this thing out as much as possible. Um, so we'll probably be doing a, a fair, fair share of, uh, two upping 
And then I'll probably be uh, trying to carve as, as many canyons and, and also try to get out in, you know, some, some dirt. Um, obviously it's a, it's a pretty big bike and I, I know you guys know what it's like to ride a, um, a, a big 1200 or a thousand CC to 1200 CC bike on, on dirt. But, um, but yeah, I, I want to put it through its paces and, and try out everything on it. So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should meet up so, and, and go out. Uh, we went out to Gorm- Gorman. Yeah. We went out yeah. to Gorman. Yeah. It's all those. Yeah, yep. and and um, it was. I mean, the sand was super soft. I obviously have road tires. I eat shit three times. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. He says it, it before I say it. <laughs> it was terrible picking up the bike, and it was terrible, you know, getting off from the dirt. But it was very fun. Really fun. And then the the next yep. thing I want to do is I want to get the I got the gold spoke wheels. I want to get the black smoked oh, no. ones, and then add uh, the street tires on that, and use the gold ones for street tire or dirt bike tires. That's so I think I could just switch yeah. it off easy. But well, we should definitely plan a That's ride. That's a two for one. Is there any restrictions on riding the bike? Is there any restrictions like keep it under certain RPMs, keep it under a certain speed limit, or it's do whatever the fuck you want? The only thing that they really said was don't race the thing. Like, don't take it to a track day and race it. Um, I actually wanted to try and take it to a track day if possible, but I think just, I mean, they said don't don't race it. And so I'm just going to equate that to don't take it to the track. Well, um, racing... But aside from that, they... Racing means that there has got to be competition, right? If you race on your own, it's not really a race, right? Right. So you can break the rules, right? <laughs> Bend the rules, not break them. But, Maybe, yeah. But there's yeah, no we'll restrictions on going off-road or anything? No, no. I think they're they're totally down for that. Um, I was amazing. even thinking of doing one of the uh, one of the backcountry um, roads. What is it? The backcountry uh, BDR routes. There's, there's a bunch of those where they're throughout like 10 different states in America. Um, and they have, you know, like established routes for adventure riders to, um, to go on. I think ours in California goes all the way from, uh, like central California all the way down to like Mexicali. So it's, um, nice yeah, it's, it's, what's, what's, the yeah, time yeah. It's through like Mojave and everything. What's up? What's the time on that? How long would it take to do? Oh, it would, it would definitely take a few days. Um, uh, they have like different checkpoints. I'm not sure, you know, what the, um, what the number of hours of duration between those checkpoints is. Um, but I know that would take a few days just because, you know, dirt, you're going to be, uh, riding with bigger bikes and whatnot. So it's, it's more along the lines of like, you're going to be camping out there. Um, and, you know, going into these smaller kind of backcountry type of, um, cities or I'm sorry, not cities, but towns, like small towns. That's what they actually uh, do a lot of it for. So they, they want to promote kind of like smaller town economies. So they kind of set up, set the, um, the route along a lot of those spots where you can stop at like a, you know, a little diner and whatnot or a little grocery store and grab some stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool, uh, you know, organization and whatnot. And they're all nonprofit and everything. They, they work off of donations completely. So. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend checking them out, um, you know, for all those adventure listeners out there. Yeah. What's them? Uh, do you know the website? Yeah, it's, um, it's BDR.com. Let me, um, BDR. let me just make sure. Shout out to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's awesome. They, no, it sounds, yeah, it they, sounds they like a great time. A bunch of stuff. It sounds like a great time. It sounds like a great experience. It sounds like a good way to develop better skills and performance. I mean, so, so Dustin, if you, if you didn't have any motorcycles right now, um, right. You don't have your Harley, you don't have your Suzuki DR 
DRC, mm -hmm. right? Um, yep. Which one, what motorcycle would you start with right now? Knowing that you've tried Adventure, yeah. Harleys, uh, um, Supermoto, what would you get? That That's that's a fucking great question, man. <laughs> I love that, that you said that. Um, just because I think a lot of us, you know, think of that as well. Like, shit, if I knew what I knew when I started, exactly. um, you know, it, it would be so much different. Um, right now, I think what I'm looking at is there's the new Tenere 700, which is, mm -hmm, um, you know, Yamaha's adventure bike. Yeah, that should be coming out here this year. Um, it's already been out in like Australia and Europe for, for a year now, but, um, I'm looking at between that and also the, um, the Husqvarna 701. Uh -huh. Um, so, I, I would just, I would love to do something similar to, um, you know, what you guys are saying, making two bikes out of one, put street tires on or street wheels on one of them, put dirt wheels on the other one and just swap them out whenever I'm doing what it is that I want to do. Um, and you know, I think that would be the most ideal thing, um, out of, out of the whole situation have because, you, you know, living in the city, I, have you tried the KTM 790 adventure? I haven't. No, I want to. That one, I know that that one competes you will very uh, closely. I think yeah. you will, bro, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, um, I've never tried it, but every, every single, well, my father is obsessed with it. And every single video yep. I see of it is like, I, I, it reveals a new data that is for me mind blowing. It's a 790, yeah. 790cc motorcycle that, that tops speed at 135 miles an hour. Um, and moves in the dirt like if it was a dirt bike. It's incredible. But also, yep. it has the gas tank in the lower part of the engine. Uh, I love that part. Instead of yeah. the top, and, and it makes it feel like a super solid bike when you're in the highway. So all yep. all the data seems like uh, it's a it's the perfect bike. I just don't I, I haven't tried it yet. I really want to rent it. And yeah, it though, we, should, we should definitely rent one and, and then take it out for a spin. You know what you should. You guys really need to do this. Go to, and sorry, I'm correcting myself from before. It's, it's actually ridebdr.com. Ride um, so R-I-D-E. Yeah. Ridebdr.com. They're actually doing a giveaway of a 790. If you donate to the organization, I think it's like, um, 25 bucks and, and oh, 50 for bucks, sure. um, for sure. you know, it's increments of that. Um, so yeah, they're giving like a full decked out version of that with, uh, you know, work WP, suspension and everything. Um, but yeah, no, it kind of just brings it back to that. I, I think that's where I see the adventure kind of category kind of pushing as well too, for a lot of the older guys that are somewhat aging out, um, that want to get off of their, you know, 1250s or 1200, um, BMWs or even their, um, you know, KTM super adventures is going to like a mid mid weight kind of, um, adventure bike just because they can handle it better. You know, um, yeah. obviously we're, you know, strong, healthy guys, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of the older, older guys that have been motorcycling for years or I'm seeing them kind of push back, um, in terms of their capacity. So have you read the, so, yeah. um, uh, the Honda Africa, uh, the Africa twin, the Africa twin? I have not. No, no. That's one that I want to check out too. Um, for sure. With that new 1100, um, yeah, motor and the, and, the, and, the, and the automatic shifting is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, I mean, there's truly like no bad bike on, on the market, you know, like even if you find certain things, you're really just kind of picking at what something else does better. Um, you know, yeah. more or less like bikes have come so far along that, um, it's, it's really hard to be like, no, I, I wouldn't ride this bike 
I've only really experienced that on like, a, you know, a handful of bikes where it's like, no, I don't think I'll ever get on that again. But well, clearly, I don't know, there's something usually that's fun. Clearly the, the, the adventure bikes are taking a big, uh, you know, a big cut of the industry if Harley Davidson decided to make one. You know, it's, it's a weird right. move that you think that if only it's not about fear of getting, you know, eaten by them, uh, you wouldn't release, yep. a, you know, uh, an yeah. Oh no, I, I, that's one of the only like, right. That's one of the only growing segments in, in the industry right now. Um, and you know, on, on right apart, that's actually our biggest audience. Um, we cater a lot of the content to them. Um, so we're writing a lot about, you know, the, um, the Tenere 700 or the, um, you know, KTM 790 adventures and whatnot. So, so, um, yeah, it's, it makes sense for Harley to go into that uh, realm. It's more or less whether they can actually compete uh, price-wise, you know, like that's, that's what we've seen Harley kind of shoot themselves in the foot with is, is the pricing. And, and now if they're going to be going into these markets where there's already established players, you know, it, it's going to be hard unless they offer a, a you know far superior product for them to keep the prices that they've usually been, uh, you know, placing on the newest stuff. So, and, and not only that, but maybe, maybe, maybe just maybe they're doing too much. You know, they they just brought it out the live wire. Maybe they should just work on the live wire for you know a few more years. Right. Get it, you know, better performance. Get it at a better price. And once they master that, then they should introduce another type of bike. But I I, I think they're. I, I had a conversation with uh with a person that sells a lot of parts and accessories to the Harley dealerships to resell. And they were telling me that the dealership owners are not that happy with Harley because Harley's making a lot of decisions to make the stockholders happy, not the the franchise mm. owners happy. So, for right. example, like there's Harley Davidson just opened up their own Amazon store. That's taking away business right. from all the, all, all the dealerships, you know. Uh, yep. Same thing. The live wire, they're, they're making the bike. They're showing it's an electric bike. They're putting a $33,000 price tag or 30000 plus price tag. The stockholders see, oh, that's awesome. The franchise holders or franchise owners, they have to allocate certain bikes and they're forced to buy them. So now because they're right. forced to pay for them, you know, or they're, they're being floored, you know, what, you know, like a loan, a dealer loan, they're being floored. Right. The stockholders see, oh, wow, Harley introduced another bike. The dealerships are buying it. Good. It sells. Stocks are going up, even though now stocks are going yep. down for everybody. But that, that's, yep. I, I think Harley's doing too much. They're not paying attention to the franchise owners or the riders. And, and I think that that's the problem. And I think that's why not only the coronavirus and everything that's taking place, but I think that's why Harley's also is not being valueized as much as it should be. Well, I right. think, I think there's well, a lot of love, people, a ahead. lot of people waiting for those, um, for those, um, the, the, the Pan America and the street fighter. And, and I think that according to the people we've talked about from Harley Davidson, um, the, at least the Pan America is going to be a pretty good competition price wise to the BMW. Um, twelve fifty GSs. Have they released prices or no? They haven't, but they said that there's gonna be kind of the same price, which is fair. But how you know these guys are from BMW already have all the you know incentives. Yeah, all the incentives is they're really well established as a bank. You know you can't break that. Um, so I don't know if you're gonna if they're gonna really compete even if they have the same price. What, what were you gonna say, Dustin? Well, for you guys. 
uh, I just wanted to ask, like pose that question too. If, if it were competitively priced, um, you know, you guys are both two GS owners. Um, what, you know, do you guys feel at all like you would want to try that out, try that out? Or would you even be tempted to, to, you know, go back to Harley and, and ride the adventure bike that they uh, put out? I would definitely like to try out anything that comes new from Harley, but would I want to purchase yeah. a first generation anything? No, I wouldn't want to try a first generation drone. We were just talking about the DJI drones. I don't like first generations. I wouldn't want to try a first generation car motorcycle or anything because there's kinks especially yep. when it's a completely new model completely you know? new engine and everything that yep. they've done is completely different yeah and, and and i i i don't think there's been one company that has been i mean forget tesla. forget trying to be per no tesla had a lot of flaws in the beginning they had definitely a lot of flaws and they've upgraded would you want to buy one of the original teslas or would you want to buy the newer tesla yeah the newer for you sure know, of course um but i i i don't I, even cars or motorcycles that exist now, they still get recalls. And, and these are a lot of the same models. So I, I, w I, I don't think there's an interest right away. I would never, even if the Livewire was, was a, a better price, I think I would still hold off. Um, and, and same thing with this new adventure bike, the, the Pan America, right? Yeah. Well, there's actually one product that it did work perfectly from, there's from the beginning. There's one. one. There's one, one and you love it. And you know you love it, and you're excited to get a new wow. one. It's a Prius. <laughs> the Prius worked out from the beginning. Bro. The Prius you know that. is the biggest POS. <laughs> it is. It, they, they spent more time polluting, mining for the source of the battery than the energy it saves. And for the price range that they sell it at compared to a Honda Civic or a Honda Accord or a Toyota Camry, whatever the case is, that difference that you pay, you got to drive Robert's it for seven years. You got to drive it for seven years before you break even on that price. Robert's gonna Sorry, start a Prius campaign. drivers, but I can't stand them. Robert's going to start a campaign. Versus, versus I, I'm going to start the Ride Boundless Fuck Prius campaign. What do you he think, would, Dustin? You with he, me? Well, no, no. I, I love that you guys said that too. I love that that would been like a running thread because I don't own a car at all. Um, I only, I only own bikes. Man. Um, but when to, I, well, no, 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 hold on, hold on before I, yeah. But my girlfriend has a Prius. So when I'm driving, that's just a Prius. Um, <laughs> but, but, that, but don't you, I don't even want to say it. I'm good. God bless her heart. This episode but, doesn't have to be released. It's okay. You know, what throws me <laughs> off is that I've known Jaime for almost three years and, and, you know, Harleys and Dinas and we rent bikes from Eagle Riders and we, go every week and one day he just shows up at the Prius and, and, and it didn't make sense. It, it's, it's too different. And then another time I got in the car with him and he turns into a Prius driver. Oh man. He, 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 yep. he breaks no. awkwardly. He accelerates awkwardly. Turn signals don't work all of a sudden. I, I never put a turn signal on. You know that. And not in the motorcycles, not in the cars. Why would I do that? I make I make clear a true a true Prius rider. <laughs> I make clear where my direction is gonna be. Uh, yeah, that's a personal. Yeah, no, thing. I'm with you, Jaime. Though, like, I, I, when I get in that thing, I, I just I'm super slow with it. I don't, you know, I just relax. Well, I'm the, not nearly no, as. No, uh, Robert doesn't know that. The, Robert doesn't know that the car the car has three modes, you know, and two of them are really slow. Right. And there was like the, the, the crazy mode, right? Yeah. So I go slow, slow yeah, to slower. The fucking. <laughs> The like throttle response on that thing. I mean, obviously it's not the same uh, thing, but yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. You, you pound your foot down and it, it moves like three seconds later. So 
Um, yeah, you, you kind of have no choice when it comes to, to just being relaxed in a Prius because it's, it's already baked into it. And, and, and I love uh, Family Guy and I love how Brian drives a Prius. It's a, the dog. It, it, to me, it's so funny. It, it's, it's typical. It's, and then he's, he's a, you know, a, a Democrat and he's a left wing and he doesn't, you know, no firearms, yeah. no hunting, no this, no that. It's, it's hilarious, except for the drinking and the cigar and the Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra songs he does. <laughs> so going back to what you what I asked you, so you don't have your Harley, you don't yeah. have your Suzuki, and you're not borrowing bikes from right. anybody. So you will get a Yamaha Tenere, right. and that's that's it. That's where you would have stopped. Either either that or or that Husqvarna 701. I, I, right now I'm between the two because I'm trying to do uh, two bikes in one type thing. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, for me, like I think I took a dirt course uh, like a year back, and then I also did um, Super SoCal Supermoto. Um, and after that, man, just like just trying out bikes that are way lighter and that can actually get into the dirt and, and really mix shit up and, you know, throw some rooster tails out there. It's like, that's just the shit that I, I want to do more than, um, you know, like doing long distance right now. I think, um, you know, with, with the Harley and whatnot, you, you get a great touring bike, um, that you can really go far on, you can camp off of it. Um, but you know, there's, there's just, I think too much, there's just so much to explore when it comes to motorcycles. Um, so many different styles, so many different segments. Um, so, you know, once I've, I felt that I've learned enough for a certain segment, you know, I just want to kind of like move on and try everything. So why would you, I think that's my current kick, but yeah. Why yeah. would you pick the, the, the Husqvarna uh, 701 instead of the KTM 690? Because that is one of the questions that I uh, have in mind because I really want to yeah. buy a supermoto. And everybody has right. told me that it's basically the same engine, but um, but right. there's a lot more parts uh, and aftermarket stuff for the KTM 690. Right. Um, I think I would want, I would just want that for the, the track. Um, when it comes between the two, I think, For me, it's when it comes between the Husqvarna and the KTM, it's, it's just more aesthetic. Um, I'm more of a fan of the like more simple, you know, white type of aesthetic that Husqvarna has and kind of the lineage of that brand. Um, versus, you know, KTM, obviously they have, they're all made by the, by KTM. Um, but for me, I, I think I just, I just like that aesthetic that Husqvarna has more. Um, and then when it's versus the Tenere, um, you know, with the Tenere, it, it is an adventure bike. It is heavier, and I don't know if I'd be able to um, convert wheels. Like, it'd be great if I could just take some MT-07 wheels and throw it onto that since they're cousins in, in the sense that they share the same, you know, motor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure if that would, you know, I haven't explored the, com- the ease of conversion for that. Um, so it's more or less me trying to do both dirt and track, um, and then obviously a little bit of street, you know, street riding here and there. Um, but mostly so that I can just do, um, you know, two completely separate activities, um, and, and keep the same bike to do it all on. I so. think we have to take you to, um, our buddy Jeff, at um, BMW of Riverside and you should mm. try, you should try the BMW that, um, that our friend Donnie has the 850 GS. Cause I think you, yeah, be in love yeah, with I that. actually, Oh, I actually rode the, um, the 800 in, uh, Scotland when I went out there. Um, that's what I rented from them. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Scotland this past July. So how was that? What um, were you doing out there? In 2019. Oh, I was, I was out there for a, um, for my girlfriend's friend's wedding. Um, and so 
as as we're you know flying out there, I, I'm already under the impression that you know I'm invited to the wedding just because I'm I'm her boyfriend. Um, <laughs> she she tells me, hey, you're not like they couldn't they don't have enough seats. Um, so is, is it okay if you don't go to the wedding? I'm like, fuck yeah, that's okay. I don't go to the wedding. Fuck I'm, I'm going to bike I've that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm in fucking Scotland. I'm sorry. Like I'm getting a bike that day. So I end up, you know, reserving the bike, um, got it locked down and everything. They tell me as we're like taking off, um, you know, my girlfriend says, Oh, Hey, they actually have space now. Um, and I'm like, Aww. Nope, sorry. I'm, I'm no second plate. I'm, I'm no second plate of anybody. <laughs> I don't want nobody's leftovers. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, so I'm yeah, so my I, word, wrote, I committed um, to my writing. Fuck this. Exactly. Yep. So, um, so yeah, just explored the countryside there and that shit was just awesome, dude. Like I, I didn't get to try all of the gnarlier stuff, like in the Northern section of the country. Um, but even just getting out on, on the countryside, it's, it's fucking awesome. It's just, you know, there's green everywhere. There's, um, there's sheep, um, all over the place. Uh, yeah, it's just, I definitely recommend, you know, if you're doing the international traveling, just getting on a bike wherever you are. I think the next one that we're going to do, we're going to, we need to, my father and my family are like super excited for us. Yeah. We have to do a a Los Pedros Spain trip. Yeah. Uh, Nice. That'd be perfect. We were definitely talking about that. No, I, I try to, I try to ride everywhere I go. Um, I, I did a scooter in Italy. I did a GS in France. Um, damn. Did I did a Suzuki long time ago in Mexico? Well, that was crazy. Um, yeah, I think that's it. In my country. Did you do Baja when you went to Mexico? Did you go off road? No, 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 no. This was a long time ago. I, I used to, you know, in my early twenties, I used to do ten cells and car events. And the buddy of mine had an apartment on um, Playa de Tijuana, so it's it's past the border. Uh, it's on the beach is that, side. Is that food or Playa de Tijuana? Yeah, <laughs> beach of TJ. And, uh, you know, we would just go over there. He had a couple motorcycles. We would ride, you know, to the local bars and, you know, get out there and just, just simple stuff. But not, not, I didn't do Baja. Yep. I am talking to um, Eagle Riders. and I know they set up, um, you know, little tour trips to Baja. So that, that's something I'm planning to do hopefully within the next 12 months. You, I, mean, you mean we? We. Oh, we. As, as French, yes. <laughs> um, no, no, we absolutely, we're trying to make a plan out of this, but you know, definitely Baja has been, you know, on the bucket list for a while. Nice. Wh- quick question. Wh- when, when you guys do the, yeah, no, 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 please. When we do what? Oh, I was, I was going to say when you guys do the Baja trip, are you going to be taking GFs from Eagle Rider? More than likely. I, I do. I love, nice. I love a good ride. I love riding far, but nothing sounds better than riding to Baja, dropping off a bike and taking a flight back. That That's just my mentality. Yeah. And long distance for sure. At GS. Yep. I, I, I don't think. No, no. I GS for sure. But yeah, definitely rented. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't want to take, take mine. Not, not yet. Especially crossing to yeah. Mexico and stuff. Yeah. We love them then, too much. And then all of a yeah. sudden, I don't have the Mexican insurance. And then the, you know, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just bad news. I, I, I think that's, that's yep. definitely the right move. You ride there. Once you get there, get a hotel, stay out there for three, four days, take a flight, done. Now, my question to you was how, when did you, at what age did you get into riding? Do you come from a riding family? Um, and what was your first, what was your first few bikes and how, how did that come out? Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, I just got into motorcycles, uh, what, three years ago now? Uh, wow. Like April of 2000. Yeah, 2017. Hymas' um, so eyes, face, everything opened up, his jaw opened up. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, a big, I, um, it's a big thing. So, from from three years ago yeah. to now being riding about motorcycles that's and knowing amazing. as much as you know, right. that's why you know we decided to bring you over because you you know a yep. lot about it. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah, I mean, I I just try to like immerse myself as much as possible. Like even before you guys uh, gave me a ring, I was watching fucking review videos. You know, it's like just all consuming pretty much. But um, but yeah. So I started um when I was twenty eight. And I was on a sportster, um, uh, you know, kind of in that club with you guys. Um, and so I was just, I was on an 883 for about a year. Um, and then it was almost exactly a year, actually. Um, rode that thing that fucking into the ground. Um, probably put on, what, over 10,000 in, in that one year. Went up to um, Yosemite on that. Went over to a Raiders game in Oakland on that. Um, so just rode the hell out of that thing. Um, even, you know, had my first accident on that thing. So actually my only accident so far, um, you know, knock on wood, but, um, so yeah, it was, it was a great experience on that. And then, you know, like we all do, we get kind of, uh, anxious for a bit more power. And also we want to be told that we're not on a, a girl's bike anymore. Um, so moved up to the, to the big twin, um, got a soft tail, um, the new 18. Uh, and so just, you know, pretty much tricked that thing out as much as I possibly could. Was that the 114 um, and or the then, 107? 107. Why uh, you, just the 107. Why did you yep. decide to turn your new soft tail into something that looks, um, older or classic? Um, so I, I like the chopper style. Like that's just something that I gravitate to more. Um, but I love the like performance, um, you know, like oriented, uh, a club style build, like just the purpose built version of it, you know, like taller T bars, you know, you, you can control, you have much more le- uh, leverage than, you know, the buckhorn bars that they give you on the low rider. Um, and then, you know, just, just overall that like clean aesthetic, uh, you know, trying to pair that, uh, with the, uh, performance of these new 18s and also just, you know, the club style, uh, performance too. So trying to like meld both. Um, schools of Harleys, you know, the past and, and the current, um, with that build. So that, that's more of what I was looking for. And then I also was just really tired of everything being blacked out with my, with my iron. It was obviously, you know, all blacked out on everything. So, um, you know, when I went to the soft tail, I wanted to go more like metal tones and whatnot. So I that's think, why I, I think you, you were know, actually the first one of doing your version of the, you know, light mode, uh, club style. And right now, everybody's... What do you mean, light mode? Yeah, so everybody's doing the club style that is blacked out. Right. And I think the first one that did, like, crumped, you know, and lighter lighter colors. Mm, uh, lighter The colors. same version. You know, I call it light light mode, like in the iPhone, uh, that you have dark mode, <laughs> light, <laughs> light mode, you know. Well, and I, I guess Chris, we all get that. Chris you now... You trademark that shit. Yeah. yeah. Chris, Chris one in that direction Light now. mode, dark uh, mode. Jerick went in that direction also now. So now people are just getting yeah. tired of the blackout version and, and they're going light mode. But I think that you were the yeah, first well, one that I've seen doing something successful with that. Because even your paint job, the yeah. like just brass steel, steel, right? It's pretty, pretty cool. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think I was just tired of, of the black steel and like, you know, so many Harley riders have 
have that all blocked out look. So I was like, yeah, I want to just try something different, but that's what it ended up, you know, turning out to be. So I was pretty happy with it. Um, obviously they never really end. So, you know, looking at, you know, what's next, but, um, you know, for the, for the time being, I think it's good. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, um, going back to what you started writing, uh, what was it that got you into it? You, what, what you spent, how old are you? Yeah. Uh, I'm 31. Okay, you're 31, yeah. so you went roughly 27, um, yep. 28 years without riding a motorcycle, and then all right. of a sudden you're like, I want a sports turn. Right. How, how, so, where did that come um, so from? when I was 25, I actually remember that's when I first started looking for a bike. Actually, 24, 25-ish. I started looking for a bike, um, and I wanted it to be a Harley because at that time, um, I was, you know, trying to buy as much American made as possible and I still try. It's just, you know, it's, it's fucking hard to buy American made everything. It's um, expensive too. There's just, yeah, it's expensive, but then they also just don't make certain shit here. Um, so, not anymore. you know, it's like, there's just, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's not that easy, but back then I was looking at actually the, um, what, what is now the, the street, you know, like the street 500 and 700, just because. Those were the, those were actually coming out around that time in like 2014 ish, um, 2013 14 ish, um, and so that's what I actually had my eyes on first. Um, it, it wasn't the right time in my life. I just liked the idea of having a motorcycle. I didn't have the money for it. Um, and then you know when I was 28, I you know worked up enough money for it. And then also a friend of mine uh, got into motorcycling. And so, you know, just having, having a buddy go along with that same experience as you, um, it, it, it's super reinforcing. It, it helps so much. And then once we both got our, um, you know, licenses, we did our long trips and, and that's very much like what we wanted to do and, and why I bought a Harley for the, um, you know, for the long haul. It's, it's more for those long distance travels. Um, I initially was looking, um, you know, after, after I turned 28, uh, I was, I wasn't as much like a zealot of buying everything American made. So I was actually looking at a triumph when I first started relooking at buying bikes at 28 and um, you know, I had a triumph in mind and then, you know, a few, po- a few people have told me, you know, after a little while, your, your wrists are going to hurt. You're not going to want to ride long distance. And so that's what really pushed me toward Harley was, you know, just the fact that I could go camping off the fucking thing and, and ride it into the ground. So, um, yeah, so yeah, that's, do that. that's definitely, yeah. Right. So, did you, um, did, so you take, did you take any riding courses? Did you take any riding courses or any classes before, or you just kind of said fuck it and? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just took I just took the MSF. Um, I took the MSF really quickly. It was like a two day thing, um, and then you know got took the uh, written test and had it pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty smooth thing. But other than that, I, I had never been on a bike before. I had ne- actually never even uh, driven clutch. So, you know, just learning clutch from a fucking motorcycle too, um, all at once and going from there. So, well, well, uh, that's an interesting yeah, just, question at your age. Have you, I mean, it's, it's so weird. I mean, we're all kind of similar age, but the, yep. you know, seven, eight years changes a lot of things. Have you driven stick shift before Completely. in a car? Um, not successfully. Um, well, they don't make you know, like I've, I've always, they don't yeah, make- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never actually owned a Prius, but yeah, that's all I drive now. But, um, but no, I had never, um, learned formally how to drive a, uh, a stick. 
Um, you know, like my dad had taught me here and there because he drove stick, but I had never gotten it down to the point where I could just go and buy a stick car. Um, I had always actually owned like bigger trucks before, um, you know, buying a motorcycle. So, you know, those are usually just your, your um, automatics. So, uh, a lot of my car driving is, is very much like just cruising and, and kicking back. Whereas, you know, when I'm on a motorcycle, I think all, all three of us, you know, we like, um, you know, going fast as, as much as possible. So, right. Our, our whole mentality, uh, our whole mind switches, you know, on and, you know, stick shift and or not stick shift, but shifting clutch, brake, yep. gas. Okay. Got yep. down speed, go faster. Yep. And obviously, the more comfortable the bike feels, the more we're going to be riding faster and acting out. But we got to yep. be careful. For sure. We ride boundless. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the, it, it, yeah. I, I find it interesting that. There are some people, I mean, there's so much shit that's fucking interesting right now that goes, that crosses my mind. I find it interesting that there will be people right now that will never know what it is to drive a stick shift. You know, like that, that to me is, right. you know, uh, very impressive. And then it's even more interesting to think that in about 10 years, we won't even be driving. You know, I, I, I think that we'll have the right. self-driving cars and I think that they'll get so good that, you know, the only way you can drive your own car is if you have like some super expensive premium insurance and and that's it. And otherwise, nobody's even going to want to drive their own car, which I find strange. Yep. But as time goes by, I realize maybe we shouldn't even be driving cars because there's a lot of dick shits and people not paying attention and yep. on their cell phone yeah. and social media and stopped at a red light or just, I mean, there's accidents every day because of, you know, driver error. Yep. Yeah, I got to save some people from themselves and whatnot. But yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm with you too. It's, it's it seems like it's all moving toward, you know, that, um, like automation and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, like, I bet there'll be a point where, you know, future civilizations will look at us. Like, I can't believe they ran on fossil fuels. Um, but you know, trying to enjoy it as much as we got it now. Yeah. As, as much as possible. So, yeah. Um, and then the last question, yeah. where, where do you see yourself in the next five years? What, what, what are your goals and, and accomplishments you're trying to do? Yeah, I think I'm just trying to, um, to continue with, uh, with right apart, um, for now, like in five years, I, I do see myself writing full time, um, possibly at another publication. We'll see, you know, where that goes and whatnot, but, um, yeah, just, just trying to, uh, immerse myself further in this and, and make it a career. Like I was saying, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a transition, um, you know, especially right now with all the challenges that are going on with the, with the coronavirus and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, that's at least my, my long-term goal and, and what I project for myself is, you know, just continuing in this, this arena and just hopefully building. So that, well, that's awesome. Cause you're, you're pretty much 90% or 80% doing what you want to do. So, and you want to continue yep. it. So that's, that's awesome. Uh, Dustin, where can we sure. find you online? Where can we find your social media, Twitter, email, whatever you want to get out your blog? um yeah my my blog i don't actually keep up too often anymore just because um you know writing for the magazine is what i wanted to do with it anyway so um but you can find me at uh freewheeling um underscore uh uh, on instagram and then you can find anything i write on writeapart.com um but yeah you'll probably just see me riding around la too um writing with most type crew as well so um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, thank you once again for being on the podcast. We'll definitely see you on the road, hopefully this weekend, and we'll be in touch. Thank you so much, man, for joining us. Cool. Yeah, thank you guys.
Thank Have you, a good Dustin. One. You too. Bye. Bye. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so very much for listening. If you liked it, please make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, on everywhere, wherever you're listening to this, there's a subscribe button. Please click on it. It helps the podcast. It helps the guest. It helps all of us. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Ride Boundless to see amazing pictures and contents and videos of the people we are speaking to. Until then, see you next week. Ride safe, ride hard, ride boundless.